Good evening, everyone. This is Jerry with Gems and Nuggets of Truth. Now, you notice I just said this is Jerry. That's because my wonderful wife, Brenda, is not with me tonight. She is out shopping with her daughters, Alyssa and Kelsey. Something about a wedding coming up, I think. Anyway, uh, yeah, there is a wedding coming up, Alyssa and Luke. On June 12th. So they're out dress shopping or whatever whatever ladies do. So Brenda's not with me tonight. So you won't have it. You don't want me to sing. I can tell you that. So we will just bypass the singing. And I'll go right into my message. So today is November 30th. The last day of the month. We start out December 1st. Um, just moving forward through this year. It's. It's been a it's been a different year to say the to say the least. It's been a different year, but we can just keep going back to this. Brenda and I do it a lot. God's got this. God's got this. It's all under His control. He knows what's coming up next, and I think with that kind of an attitude, we can get through anything. Not almost anything, but anything. We have just got to realize that God is in control. Our worrying and frets and anxieties do not change a thing. So I would encourage everyone, step back, take a deep breath, look in the mirror and say, God has got this. That's the greatest encouragement I can give you. Well, okay, last week we talked about, um, we were in the book of Hebrews. And we skipped through the book of Hebrews and there were five specific warnings that was given. And I'm just going to review those really quickly. Hebrews <clears throat> chapter 2 talks about, it warns us against being neglectful. Hebrews chapter 3, a warning against doubt. Hebrews chapter 5, speaks, against, speaks of a warning against immaturity. Hebrews chapter 10 speaks of a warning against apostasy. And Hebrews chapter 12, the last one, speaks of a refusal to hear God's warning and a major warning against that. So tonight, I'm going to stick with the book of Hebrews. I've had this available for quite some time and I thought tonight would be a good time to go through it. And many of you are going to be familiar with it. Uh, I'm going to talk about Hebrews chapter 11. And as you know, Hebrews chapter 11 is, uh, is often been called the Hall of Faith. Not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith. So we're going to start out with that. And again, I'm going to do some reading out of my notes. But I'll try to... We may not finish it all. We may not finish it all because it is a long uh, chapter and I've got uh, uh, quite a few notes. But if we don't get it done, we'll stop someplace in the middle and continue on with it next week. Okay, here we go. As we know, our God is a God of grace, mercy, infinite wisdom, forgiveness, patience, and love. His thoughts are so far above ours, it is as far from the east as from the west. 
He knows our actions before we do them. He even knows our thoughts before we think them. However, when we do wrong, even in, if we sin, He is also very quick to forgive. This is our wonderful God. God does not expect perfection from us. He knows we are fallible humans. But that is the very reason He allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross and be raised again that we might have eternal life, eternal salvation. The shed blood of Jesus Christ was not available to the Old Testament saints. Yet some of them, not all, are mentioned in Hebrews 11, a chapter we often call, again, as I said before, the Hall of Faith. We read a lot of the names from the Old Testament in this, in this book, uh, in this chapter, rather. You know what? And they were people. They were people who walked on this earth no different than we are today. Different time frame. But you know what? They had their likes and their dislikes. They had their faults and their upsetting and downsetting. They had all that stuff. And we're no different today. Some walked in total obedience to God. And some not so much. But are we any different? The answer is no, we're not any different. My point to reviewing all these names is not to point out their faults. Because they and we all have them. But to point out God's love and patience toward them and toward us even still today. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now let me read that in another little bit of a version. It says this, Now faith, not works, is the substance, the realization of things hoped, the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence or conviction of things not seen. Hope is faith related to the future. Conviction is faith relating to the present. You get that? Let me read that again. Hope is faith relating to the future. Conviction is faith relating to the present. In many cases, we do not know why God did what he did. Or why he even allowed things to happen. But in, and, and that's because in most cases the Bible is silent on this. And where the Bible is silent, I have chosen to be silent also. The real answer to this whole thing lays in Deuteronomy 29.29. And you've heard me use this before. The Lord, our God, has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them. But we and our children are accountable forever. For all that he has revealed to us. So that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. Here's my paraphrase on that. God has secrets that we don't need to know about. And he will tell us what we need to know when we need to know it. Other than that, let's just walk, as it says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, walk by faith. Okay, here we go with the names. The first name comes up as Abel. And in God's eyes, he was more righteous than his brother Cain. 
But Abel, both Abel and his brother Cain brought sacrifices to God. But Abel was more excellent. Cain was a crop farmer. So he brought a sacrifice of his labor. Abel had animals and he brought sacrifices of his labor. Why did God accept Abel's and not Cain's? I don't know. Was it because Abel brought the, an animal for a blood sacrifice and Cain did not? Gen, I think Genesis chapter 4, 6 and 7 has the answer. It was an issue of the heart. I said this when I started out that um, God's eye, Abel was more righteous than his brother Cain. I say that with tongue in cheek because God doesn't look at each one of us and say, oh, you're right, you're more righteous than that person and you live a better life. You, you know what? God doesn't do that. It's an issue of the heart. How is our heart? I, you know what? I look at the same thing and this is maybe off kilter a little bit, but I'm going to say it anyway. What is in... Uh, Politically incorrect today is saying, I'm colorblind. In other words, I don't pay any attention to the color of the skin. But that's politically incorrect. That means you're a racist. Well, here's where I'm at with that. If I'm colorblind, what I'm not looking at is the color of the skin of the person. I'm looking at how is that person responding? How is that person reacting? How does that per What's the fruit on the tree? I don't care what color you are, but what is the, what kind of a person are you? It's an issue of the heart, and that's the difference between Cain and Abel. Enoch, he's the one that did not have to die to get to heaven. He was taken alive because he had the faith that pleased God. And I'm telling you what, that faith is the same kind of faith we all must have. A faith that pleases God. That's what it's all about. Now we're going to move to those that are spoken of that did not always portray total faith in God. They allowed their, sometimes the human mind to direct them. Many times in Scripture, the human mind will be spoken of as the heart. And that's because the heart is the, most, is the innermost being of a person. Jeremiah 17.9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now Noah, the next person, was obedient to God. When God commanded Noah to build an ark, he built it. That's in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8 to 22. He was a righteous man and built the ark to a God's exact specification. He and his family worked diligently for 120 years and warned the people because even not know what they what it meant to reign, he did what God commanded him to do. He did what God commanded him to do, and he did it by faith. I'm going to throw a little rabbit, tra rabbit trail in here. Uh, Brenda and I and... and uh, Viral Jamie Schmidt spent a week in Branson, Missouri last week. And we went to the Sight and Sound Theater where they were playing Noah. 
I mean, it was absolutely fabulous. You ever get to Branson, Missouri, I would encourage you to get to Sight and Sound Theater, regardless of what's playing. It is fabulous. Anyway, what they did is they, they, they showed Noah and his boys building the ark, and then the people kind of gathered around and helped some of them, helped them out. But then when it came down to, okay, we need to get in the ark, People said, oh, no, 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 I ain't going in there. Nope. And they all walked away, ran away, did whatever. They made fun of Noah because Noah was building an ark where there's no water. And it never rained. It, it didn't rain there. The ground was watered by the mist that came up from the ground. And the mist. But it never rained. So people thought, yeah, right, you're gonna be, this thing is going to float? It did. So when God, when all the animals came in, and they actually had live animals walking across the stage, they had camel and sheep and goats and whatever walking across stage. So it was, it was pretty impressive. Not pretty impressive. It was very impressive. But when God <clears throat> closed the door, it went clump. And then they heard it. They heard this noise. Is what is that? Well, it turned out it was thundering. And then they heard the splattering of the rain on the ark. And after that went on for a while, they heard the people starting to scream. We want in. We want in. All of a sudden, they were. Now they were interested in getting in the ark. Prior to that, they weren't. It was a pretty fabulous thing. Anyway, let me continue on. When we look further into the life of Noah, we find that even with his trust and faith in God, he was human and he had his faults. In Genesis 8, chapter chapter 8, verses 20 to 22, after they got out of the ark, Noah became a farmer, a, a, a raiser of grapes and a vineyard and that type of thing. And he drank enough wine one night to get drunk. He was human. He got drunk. But God still, in his loving kindness, gave him the sign of the rainbow that he promised Noah that he would never flood, destroy the earth by flood again, by water again. That's in Genesis chapter 8, verses 8 through 19. What's the bottom line there? God is a forgiving God. Noah had faults, but God forgave him. The next one is Abraham. You know what? I'm, I'm probably going to have to. I'm just rattling on here. I'm probably going to have to quit after Abraham. But let me do that. Bear with me. Abraham obeyed God when he was told by God to leave the land of his family to go to a land where God would show him and he did it, well, Abraham did it by faith. He didn't know where he was going. God just said, hey, here's where I want you to go. And Noah said, or Abraham said, oh, okay. And then here's what God promised him. I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And then he went on to say this, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curses thee. But in thee shall all the families of earth be blessed. So God blessed Abraham because of his faithfulness and his obedience. 
Now, chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, God promises Abraham an heir that would come out of his own bowels, and his seed would be as the stars of heaven for number. And his wife, Sarah, Sarai, would be mother, would be the mother. The Bible in Hebrews eleven seventeen mentions that faith, by faith, Abraham was even willing to lay his only son Isaac on the altar of sacrifice. But Abraham was human, as was his wife Sarai. They were getting old, so they took matters in their own hands, thinking, well, God maybe wants us to do this. Sarah convinced Abraham to impregnate her handmaid Hagar, giving birth to Ishmael, which, by the way, as we all know, was the beginning of the Arab nations and the problems we have today. It was 13 years later that Isaac was born, fulfilling God's plan. Abraham had another problem along with his infidelity. He lied. Abraham and his family were driven into Egypt due to a famine. Abraham convinced Sarah to say she was his sister. He was afraid that if the Egyptians knew that she was his wife, they would kill him to get her. That's in Genesis chapter 12, verses 10 to 20. And then in Genesis chapter 20, verses 1 to 12, Abraham told the same thing, the same lie to Abimelech to save his own life. Again, does not catch God by surprise. However, we know the story of Abraham and how what he went on to be and how he God used him to fulfill the promises. We know this. God is a forgiving God. So let me I'm gonna go one more. I'll do Isaac yet. Isaac followed in the footsteps of his father Abraham. He lied regarding his wife, Genesis twenty seven, seven. And the men of the place asked him of his wife, and he said, She's my sister. For he feared to say, She is my wife. Thus said he, The men of this place should kill me for Rebekah, because she was fair to look upon. Just a side note. It may seem like a small thing to tell a little white lie when it might involve the life of someone. But Revelation 12, 12 15 says, says this, For without dogs, and, for without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murders and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. However, in Genesis 26, 24, God reaffirms his covenant he made with Abraham. And the Lord appeared unto him, unto Isaac, the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Once again, God is a forgiving God. I'm going to end there. Uh, so I want to thank you for listening. And I, next week, uh, next time I do one of these, this podcast and finish that, uh, Chapter 11 of, of the book of Hebrews. I'll have Brenda here and she'll sing us a song, okay? But anyway, you have a blessed night and God bless you all for listening. <laughs>